Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything Dynasty fantasy football. With your host, John Bauer. I'm looking to sell everybody price-dependent. Dan LaMagna. Too much dysfunction in Cleveland. And Mitch Sorensen. Well, it's hard to compete with excellence. We are back with another episode of Dynasty Theory. And Mitch and Dan, they yelled at me. They said, JB, you didn't have a, you don't have your jerseys and everything up. So they made me put up this fake background. Why don't you have to start with a fake background? I want to be able to bust you and say, John, you, you wouldn't be able to keep a plan alive back there, you know, on, I on your own. You, and my, my face, it like, you know, it cuts off a little bit. Like, where's my hand? Where's, where's my hand? You're good. It's, I don't it's know. like magic. Don't Sometimes you make yourself disappear. That's all. I'm making my, my uh, hard earned money disappear after week one there. Oh my goodness. What a week. Anyway, you can see if you're watching live on YouTube, if you're watching back on YouTube, you see the the new overlay. You see the new logo on the bottom. We are now a proud member of Dynasty League Football. We are part of the DLF family of podcasts. Extremely happy and proud of that. So, Dan, big introduction here. Cowboy Dan over there. Well, maybe maybe not a Cowboy fan much longer. Anyway, Dan Lamagna, what's going on, buddy? It might be a therapy session as the show goes on. You guys might bill me later. We'll, we'll get into some Dallas talk. But first, I just want to say it was great grind, being back to the grind. Like just watching all those games. I even got a, a little bit of film studying before the show. My, my, my Dynasty Theory notebook is all filled up. Uh, man, just so many takes, so much to absorb. It was great watching football. Uh, we're back, boys. We're back. It was a, it was a very fun Sunday. And I, I said Thursday was like the appetizer. It was the, you know, I, there's other ways I could describe it, but we'll keep it clean here. Anyway, Mitch Sorensen, what's up, Mitch? What's up? So I want to let you guys know how much I like doing this episode. Um, so my seven-year-old is out playing his final soccer game of the season. It's a little rainy outside. I'm like, no, no. I got to be on Dynasty Theory tonight. So, you know, I'm taking one for the team. My wife's out there rooting him on. He told me he's going to go out there and dominate. So hopefully I could just show like a little little bit of that passion for the show too. I hope so. I hope so. I, and I, I, I believe we're going to see that passion here. And the so in season now, we, we've hit in season mode, point scoring season. The way we are going to format, at least attempt to format every show, you know, this week, it's the 2022 week one dynasty takeaways and opportunities and the, the things that we really should be paying attention to and a few new news things uh, scattered throughout. And obviously there were some big things that happened this first weekend here, but then the opportunities at hand and always putting the dynasty spin on it. And Mitch, you always say it. What do you say? It's redraft season. D dynasty becomes redraft essentially yep. and you see it with a lot of the trades a lot of the situations dan. uh yeah dan, dan and i dan. made a trade we'll hot off the presses about two hours ago and there were some comments in the chat dan so you may have to defend yourself but before we get into tonight's show as always this week's episode of dynasty theory is brought to you by manscaped who is the best in men's below the waist grooming Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. And again, worldwide, free international shipping. The Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer reduces 
grooming accidents. It's waterproof, has the LED light. Don't get gunk all over the floor. You can do it in the shower. And listen, after using code theory 20, it's 72 bucks after the discount. See? That's some high quality merch. Yep. You're going to save some save some money, you know, using our our promo code. You're going to get this quality product and you're going to get some laughs after too because those that I've referred it to and they have the product, like I'm happy that like they've they've all been happy with the product. But then I get these text messages like, Dan, every time I groom below the belt, I think of you. Like, like this is this, you know, it's just it's a little too much. That's a, that's a little something. Yeah. But 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 try, you know, John, as he said, you're gonna get a great deal and a great product. And remember, it helps us out too. Mm-hmm. So we appreciate everybody's support. Yes. It's time to take care of yourself. Go to manscaped.com, get 20% off plus free shipping with code theory 20. Again, code theory 20, 20% off plus free international shipping. Whew. Speaking of shipping. Dan is shipping off the Dak man. Dak Prescott has successful surgery on his fractured thumb. The initial time frame, it looked like between week eight or 10. Okay. Now we're seeing some reports could be four to six weeks, could be six to eight weeks. For the most part, though, the, the difference between those two scenarios, the damage is done for your dynasty teams, right? So if you're hanging on a Dak, and you're looking at uh, <laughs> laughing at some of the comments in the chat here. But if you're looking at Dak as your quarterback and you're sitting there four, five, six weeks waiting for his return, depending on your quarterback situation, you might be in some hot water there. So again, four to six weeks, six to eight weeks. What's the difference really from a short term and really a dynasty perspective? So Mitch, I want to start with you because you were quite the pessimist. Coming into the season, you were very vocal about it, uh, you know, before the injury. So coming into the season before the injury, mm-hmm. what were your thought on this, thoughts on this offense for fantasy purposes? But then also, how did, especially that first half against Tampa Bay, play into that? So the, the funny thing is, Dan and I have actually talked about the Cowboys a lot through DMs. And we're both kind of on the same shape. We don't understand. Hey, can I, can I, why do I keep getting cut out of these DM conversations? Well, I. It's like in a league I, we're I, in, or he, like Mitch finds an opportunity to bust my chops, and you just might not be there. It's at usually this time, about Jamie. DFS, John, and you don't allow us to talk about yeah, DFS or, or that. that like things being right. thrown at us. Carry on. But, but, Mitch and I are like the kids stealing cookies from the cookie jar, so you know JB doesn't get us, you know, slap our wrists for for talking too much DFS. Pretty much. So. Like I said, Dan and I talked about it a lot. The Cowboys made horrible moves this offseason to try to make this offense even be mediocre. Um, so going into the season, I was. I was really high on CeeDee Lamb. I thought it would be Jefferson, Chase, CeeDee would be the top three locked in. Didn't really look like that was happening in the first half of the game. I was completely out on the running backs, though, just because I thought this was going to be a pretty bad offense and I didn't think they'd get a lot of red zone opportunities but I mean we saw it in the first half the offense looked terrible not like it's just terrible on cowboy standards terrible for like Chicago Bears standards exactly I mean it was really bad so you know it sucks that it happens and I don't want to take it oh Dak got injured so this offense is going to be bad now but the problem is Look at someone like Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz needed Dak and needed this offense to be good 
to keep his dynasty value afloat because after the season, he is a free agent. Maybe he goes to a good landing spot and he gets to keep his value going into future years. Without Dak, there's like no chance that I see that happening. So I think his production is going to drop because of it. His value is going to drop because of it. So Matt, maybe the only guy that I really like in this offense is still C.D. Lamb. And that's probably just because he still has the hype and Dynasty loves wide receivers so much. There's a lot to digest there. And I wish I would have jotted down every comment, every every word that Mitch spewed from his mouth because I would have thrown a red flag, 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 just flag after another, one after another. So Dan, I want your thoughts here because you are the Cowboys homer. But based on your moves that I have seen today, you have shipped off three shares of Dak Prescott. And some might say, I know we're friends. You know, I know we hang out in Canton every once in a while. Some might say, I got a friends and family discount on that deal. But before we get into that deal specifically, I want your thoughts on what your expectations were coming into the season, especially for these pieces as dynasty assets, what you saw in week one and how you are recalibrating and adjusting based on what you saw. There's a lot to unravel here. And JB, that's one of three deals. So I want to make sure tonight when we go through our deal, you're hearing my other two deals too, which I'm a lot prouder of. But I I still like our deal because of the depth of the league. But we'll get there. We'll get there. First, your first question is my thoughts going into this season. I This offseason has been horrible. It has been this bad relationship that I'm like, you know, I, I can't get out of because I'm committed to it. But, you know, you're, you're on the cusp of – you know, having a special roster that, you know, they lose to the Niners, you know, and their path to, you know, that 28-year drought of a Super Bowl. And, you know, we beat ourselves in that game by not completely addressing O-line issues. So it's like, okay, this is the offseason. We're still close. This team's still young. There's still talent. And what does Dallas do? But, you know, they, they botched the Randy Gregory deal, which didn't help the defensive side of the ball, even though the defense is still the strength of this team. We're wasting a good defense right now. But they let Amari Cooper go, which is, is, you know, not necessarily the end of the world. But when you are starting Dennis Houston and have to play Noah Brown and Simi Fahuko, who I'm even cutting to today, like, like wh- what are you thinking? These guys aren't even – like, you're going to tell me T.Y. Hilton or Will Fuller is not better than Dennis Houston? How could you do that to, to, to your quarterback and your franchise? Like, I can't imagine that locker room right now. And then you have offensive line issues, which – was thin going in. They have to sign a 40-year-old, uh, uh, you know, Peters, who's not quite ready yet. McGovern goes out in that game. So now we're starting a seventh-round rookie who, who shouldn't be playing in an NFL game week one either. Like, you don't – and what tilted me was after the game, Jerry Jones goes, we were surprised. Yeah, it was a tough day, Dallas fans, <laughs> and it was really hard for you, but we're, we're surprised. And this just takes me back to, like, NFL teams that overevaluate their talent. Like this Dallas team is not as good as the Jones family and ownerships think it is because the offense sucks. Like Mitch is flat out right. Like he he's watching that game. It, it's bad, JB. And what makes us think it's going to get any better with the Jones family? They do this year in and year out. In the Romo days, they wasted it because they couldn't figure out defense. Now they can't figure out the offense. And for fantasy football, that that's a tragedy. So Tyron Smith's not getting any healthier. The, the young rookie held his own at left tackle. Left guard, McGovern, we're not even sure if he should be starting left guard, but he's injured for four weeks. The center's average. The right guard 
is a is the, a stud, but I, we're wasting his career just like we did Witten's. And then the right tackle, Terrence Steele, who we let Lyle Collins go, he had like five penalties, and like he he didn't play well either. So the O line's a mess. Yes, Gallup's going to come back at some point. Maybe James Washington. I know you're out on JB. You, you've made that clear over the years. What makes us think this is going to get any better in Dallas anytime soon? That was quite the monologue. And I'm a Cowboys fan. I'm glass half full for 28 years. I but I, I, I'm, I'm, it's, it's getting old. And I'll always be a Cowboys fan. I'm not that fan that's saying, hey, I'm not a Cowboys fan. I'm going to love them. I'm going to watch every single minute of every single game, as horrible as it is this year. For fantasy football, I would be worried. Well, we have a comment in the chat from Kev. None of this makes Dak, who has never not been a quarterback one when healthy, a sell. But now... Oh, Dan, keep going. I got to intervene right away on that because while Dak was in that game, now... Let's be straight on Dak Prescott. I love Dak Prescott. He's one of my favorite people in the world. I love him as the Cowboys quarterback. But I'm not naive to say he's not in the class. He's never been in the class of the Aaron Rodgers, the Josh Allens. Guys are going to elevate the team when the the supporting cast is not that strong. So we saw that in that game. It's not the first time we've seen it where when all the chips aren't around him and you don't have all day to throw, he struggles. He struggled to elevate. He did not elevate that offense in Anyway, I have no reason to think that won't change. Now, do I think do I think he could be a very good fantasy quarterback again? Yes, but Dallas has got to fix the O line. They got to fix the wide receivers. They got running back decisions coming up. Schultz is a product of the system. He's good for you know a bunch of catches, but he's not giving you anything more. Now, do you think it? Do you think to play devil's advocate? and maybe not so much devil's advocate because maybe this is me actually asking and not just a hypothetical, but do you think it's a very short-sighted approach to look at it? Well, if they can, if, if they can fix things here, you know, this is dynasty. Here's the, other, so if in, in all of the Dallas Cowboy lands pipe dreams where it's a week one, we were even talking in the off season about Sean Payton. We're counting down to hopefully getting Sean Payton. If Coach Payton is there next year and the Jones family gets out of the way a little bit and lets them build this offense in time, I, I think it, there could be some short-sightedness, and I'll be trying to trade for more Dak shares at that time. But until then, as long as Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore are the coaches, on top of all these – like for we went into the season knowing Dallas had to win despite the coaches on offense. Mm-hmm. I love Dan Quinn on defense. On offense, they had to win despite the coaches. We're watching this game. Zeke's averaging five yards a carry, and we stopped running with Zeke. And then Pollard, we're going to use him in pass protection. Like, Zeke is a good pass blocker. Pollard got his butt whooped in that game, man. He was like El Matador. Like, like the Jones family should be sending flowers and pampering Dak every way they can because they're a good part of the reason by not fixing things in the offseason and that horrible play, Kellen. Because Kellen Moore is terrible. He can't make adjustments. He's got some creative plays. He's got a creative young mind. He, he'd whoop me in Madden, but he is not an offensive coordinator in the National Football League. Now, so how has your price changed then? How has your value of him changed? Mitch, I, I, I'm going to stick with Dan here because obviously he was higher You're good. You're than good. the world on Dak Prescott. But based on what I've seen, it seems like you may have lowered him. You know, and, and, and I don't think it's necessarily due to the fact that he was injured but maybe more because of what we actually saw on the field. But again, that Tampa Bay defense, they are no slouch. That's a, that's a strong defense. And they're not going against Tampa Bay every week. That, that division, 
we always talk about it with that NFC East. It's going to be a lot more forgiving and, uh, you know, more fantasy friendly for this offense. So while there are those troubles at offensive line, I personally do believe overall to significantly drop Dak Prescott across the quarterback landscape is a mistake. I do. Um, you know, but am I saying I didn't drop him? No, I dropped him a tier because it it's the, the possible six to eight weeks. And again, we look at that if, and I'll go through several different scenarios on exactly what I'd be looking to do because it, there's a lot of gray area, right? It's never just black or white. There are so many different scenarios and so much additional context that is needed. So I do want to dive into that a little bit, but like we're seeing the, the questions pop up. Uh, Dak Prescott or a 23 first. I know that 23 first, they are highly sought after uh, assets, right? But we're still talking about, let, let's even say top 12, top 13, because of the uncertainty with the injury and how long he's going to be out. Maybe it's a wasted season for your win now rosters, but also the state of that team as a franchise. I I think it's a mistake to drop him too low. Um, now, if you want to drop him in terms of you're not actively going out and acquiring him, that's one thing. But if you're out there shopping him to get him off your team, I think this is a these are trades that we might look back on in a year and and regret. And one of my biggest regrets in terms of a trade involved Dak Prescott when he missed the entire season. What was that? Two years ago? Was that two years ago now? I don't even know what year it is. Yeah. And, and I thought I was a contender and I made an absolute rubbish trade that I even said, this is going to look really bad in a year. It looked bad in like six weeks. Um, I think, the, I think, I think the JB, I, I think, I think the difference now is two years have passed and that O line's gotten two years worse. The work Dallas has to do to get that offense back to where Dak was Dak and that Cowboys offense was explosive. It seems enormous right now. But how quickly do situations change in the NFL? We always talk about it. I just, I'm I'm having a little trouble having confidence in the Cowboys brass. And there's just a lot more to fix than there was in the past. Could they do it? Yes. So, so here's my thing with Dak. I don't want to give him away. So I, I, you know, and and, and people could say in in our trade, I, I, I went light. And and I I think I was just totally, um, you know, but I, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still standing by that trade a bit. And, really and quick for, re- for context, for context, and correct me if I'm wrong, Dan, because I don't have, I don't even have my phone up here with me. But that's a 14 team league start 11, 12 or 13. Oh, is it? it shows you how much mm-hmm. I know. Uh, I received Dak Prescott and Foster Moreau, and I, I, we just did the startup this off season. I punted from the start. I was moving back, trying to pick up additional draft capital. So I acquired Dak Prescott and Foster Moreau in a 14-team Superflex League. I moved Jameis Winston, Michael Carter. (sighs) I don't even know. Kenyon Drake, who's got a role now. Denzel Mims, he's going to get traded at some point. I'm I'm still holding out a little bit on Mims. And I think I gave you 75 fab fab and a 23 fourth. I got to stay on brand and get fab. And, and what I've been trying to do today, and, and, I, and I got more in some other deals, and you let me know when you want me to talk about them. But I'm looking at Winston. I'm liking his situation. 
I'm liking his O-line, his receivers, the organization, his light schedule coming up that's really juicy in the next five, six weeks. In, in, our, in this trade I made with you, to Mitch's point, 12, 12 people were starting there and 14 teams. It is a very deep league, and, and I'm contending to want to win this year. And I think next year I still have concerns about Dallas, and I think the Saints are staying in it to win it. But again, there. I, I like, like Michael I, Carter. I, I know you like Carter Michael Carter, Homer. and I love Jameis Winston. I, I, I do. But to say there is an uncertain, uncertain, uncertainty surrounding him and his future, I think that would be a little bit of a naive on our part to say that. It's early. Again, I'm, I thought I'm, is Mitch I'm all in on the Saints he and Winston here. Camera. <laughs> Well, I, I know Mr. Mitch likes your side, and I respect that. Like, I, I get that part of the trade. To me, I was just get, I'm getting off Dak. That was a league that I, I'm a little weak in some positions, very thin at running back. I had Baker and uh, Zach Wilson at quarterback. I wanted the stability of Winston for the rest of the rest of the year, and I'm, I'm just got a good feeling okay. about the Saints. Let me ask both of you: You want Dak or Hertz? Hertz. Hertz. Yeah. And that that's, that is how quickly things thing. change. Yep. That exactly. is how. That is how quickly things change. Where were these conversations last year, especially for me personally? And I know, Mitch, you were there with me too. But yeah. again, as it typically happens, I was just louder about it. And mm-hmm. like we were wrong on Hertz. I think he's improved. The 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 way they've built around that, the the quarterback there, obviously, the, the way they built around him, it's it's a drastically improved situation, I think. Um and, and okay. the fact that I actually that- I have a good one. I have a really good one. Deshaun Watson might be back the exact same time that Dak comes back on the field. That you're taking is- Watson or are you taking Prescott? Same tier. If I'm going to move one way or the other, I need a little something extra. No, you get to choose one or the other. For fantasy, I'm. Yeah, I like Watson draft. right you're now. Not he's he's, one he's thing gonna have another. a better team around him. All right. Because of and the, we know what he could do. He's an elite quarterback. I don't like the person, but he's an elite quarterback. Gun to head, I will Fantasy. take Deshaun Watson. I'll take Deshaun Watson straight up. And you know, I, there was a question in the chat in the Discord earlier today about my valuation and, and difference between Nick Chubb and Ezekiel Elliott, and it actually plays hand in hand with looking at Deshaun Watson and Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. especially that offensive line situation. I, I think there still is that thought that this offensive line is elite and it's not, but again, I do think it, it improves and hopefully for Dan's fandom, it improves based on the caliber of the opponent. I'm not saying the line improves, but they're not going up against Tampa Bay on a weekly basis. They're going to struggle with a lot of teams. No, I don't think Dak it's going to be as back. ugly as we just saw. I do not think it's going to be as ugly as we just saw. It's fragile. Yeah, hopefully though. they score more than like six points. I agree. Like I, hopefully they yeah. get up to like 10. That'd be great. All right. So I got like six different situations here. Can oh, I talk God. about them really quick? Yes. And sir. I'm going to rattle through them very quickly. If you guys have an issue with it, please save your objections for the end. Thank you. Wow. You interrupt uh, us all the time and we're not allowed to talk for like 16 minutes here. I've never interrupted <laughs> anybody in my life. No. Holy cow. <laughs> Yeah, All right, so yeah. like I said, I, I no, please interrupt whenever you have an issue. So this could be early. But I've moved Dak Prescott down one tier because of what we saw, and I know it's a one-game sample. Not even a one-game sample, but because of what we saw and then possibly the six to eight weeks, it's a wash season. So moving him down the one tier, 
uh, with the subpar offensive line. Like Dan said, questionable play, questionable play calling, horrible coaching, lack of weapons. And can I say, how bad is Jalen Tolbert, my man Jalen Tolbert, that he can't, he wasn't even active. He that's, an, oh, that, that's another thing. Anyway. Um, that is Houston is starting before him. I know, I know. I'm not moving Dak in a one-for-one swap for somebody like Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, because they have their own uncertainty. And let, listen, okay, let's not act like they don't. <laughs> so for me, uh, a move like that, good, to be honest with you, in a so many more years swap, to get better, though. Listen, it it just doesn't make sense for me. I think you consider Trevor Lawrence. Like Doug Peterson might be able to get that ship in the in the right direction there. That's the key. Might be. M- might. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just said it. Might. That's so why might am I not going to go with be the good, better good proven asset who's only 29 years old because he's going to miss six weeks? Because he's because this, this team is sinking. No. And I need I need to shop my Trevor Lawrence shares immediately after we jump off here. All right. So because of the uncertainty surrounding them, and you very well may not get contender-like production from those guys. So it, for me, it doesn't make sense. Uh, I If moving off of Dak, ideally, I'm looking for a win-now-ish quarterback with a plus that provides insulated value. So let's use the trade that Dan and I made. There's no insulated value in that trade of what I moved to Dan. Jameis Winston, Michael Carter, and Rubbish. Okay. It's fair. If I have two other viable quarterbacks and I'm contending, if I, I have a roster that's built, I think to compete, I'm okay staying put. So I actually had, I had someone offer me Matthew Stafford today for Dak, but I had Danny Dimes on the bench. So I'm like, I could write out Danny, Danny Dimes for five to six weeks and be okay when Dak comes back. So that's an easy mm. That's an easy decline for me because I'm a, I'm a little concerned about Danny Dimes though. So oh, be careful, because be Dable's crazy. Dable's a crazy. Okay, real quick, completely off. Dable is going to go down as the coach that like everyone kind of liked. By the end of the season, the majority of people aren't going to like him as like um, I uh, the type of coach he is more than anything. A Matt I, Patricia type, may I say? No, he's a lot smarter than Matt no, Patricia. One hundred percent. I said type of coach. The players just, already they, dancing beards. with the players after man. He, he's popular. We'll like see. he's, he, I think he's got it. It's just they won that game despite Danny Dimes. Now I'm not saying I'm completely out there, but there's a lot of concerns, man. He made some bonehead plays in that game. All right, Mitch. Sorry, I'm, I'm reeling you guys back in right now. What <laughs> needs added? What would have had to be included to go from Dak to Stafford? And I see Mister Stranded on Rebus Island saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was me, Mitch. Sorry. Yeah. I, I don't, that, that's a fair offer right now. No, it's fine. I, I, that, for I, me to actually do it, it would need to have a David Montgomery type on top of it. Oh, you're not getting that. Even David Montgomery. That's why I'm not doing not it. That. <laughs> See, what, what, I, what, I, what I tried to do today, and let's exclude your, like, my, again, our trade, John, was more depth. And, and, and Talk like about the other harder. trades because maybe we'll paint yep. you in a better light. Okay. So, like, I would be wanting a, a Stafford plus something. Nice, but so what I did, I did two trades. I'll start with the smaller of the two. I traded Dak, Terrace Marshall, who I'm out on, and John Mechie. Now, the Mechie I needed to move because it's a safe league and there's no injured reserve, so I didn't want to eat that roster spot all year. And I got Jameis Winston, Mike Evans, uh, MVS from Kansas City, and then, of course, on brand $125 fab. 
So I was thrilled to get Mike Evans in my tier of receivers to go at Winston, who I'm very happy with this season and I believe will be fine beyond. And then, you know, a little more depth in, in, in Scanling. So that was one trade. Yeah, that, that's certainly better, I believe, than the one you and I made. All right, what's your last one? And the other one I gave up, Dak, ETN, Omari Cooper, Gusecki, and Tutu Atwell. So primarily Dak, and I think Rex Burkhead too, but primarily Dak, ETN, and Cooper. And I got Winston, Chase Edmonds, Damian Harris, Cortland Sutton, Sky Moore, and David Njoko. I probably mangled his last name like I always do. So I, I looked at that. I looked at that as like two for ones at each position. You know, gave up ETN. I got Edmonds and Harris. I gave up Cooper. I got Sky Moore and Sutton. And then I just like Njuko when uh, uh, Watson comes back. I mean, you you could lump Gusecki Sky Moore and you could lump Sky Moore into that running back package because I'm taking Sutton over Amari straight up. Like that's yeah, as uh, well. Uh, and what were the settings on that one? What was league size? Your standard uh, safe league, 12 team, full PPR. Okay. All right. So back to my scenarios here, if I may. If I need a quarterback, I have Dak Prescott. Let's say I had Dak, Cousins, and Mac Jones. I am okay keeping Dak and then using other assets to target a low. Uh, heck, give me Geno Smith as a depth, depth piece. Like, you know, uh, looking at, at production versus what they would cost, I think there are options that that you could backfill and buy you a few weeks. And if you truly are a contender, you should still be okay with, with a quarterback room like that. But again, I would be holding Dak in that situation and looking to bolster my quarterback room another way. Straight up in any situation, and it's funny because I saw gem drafter Newt's in the comments, right about this gentleman, straight up, any situation, give me Russell Wilson. If it's Dak yeah. or Russell Wilson, nope. I am taking. I I'm taking the cornball. That he he is he's such a a corny dude. I'm let's ride, let's ride. <laughs> uh -uh. No nope. uh, dynasty theory. Let's I'm just I'm just a little bit worried about Russ. I love his situation. Like I mean Sutton and Judy. I mean it's so much better than Drew Locke last year. Or Teddy but if Bridgewater we're if we're whoever, knocking if we're knocking Dak because of the the supporting cast and the O line and the situation, then I'd we rather take Russ. that into consideration for Russ. And talent just, wise, Mitch, before we got on the air, you just said to me, <laughs> is Dak uh -huh. even a good quarterback? I mean, is I well it depends on but what is, we is, so is Russ score. a bad quarterback? I don't think Russ is a great quarterback by any means. I think he was a great quarterback. I think I just, something's might... missing lately. He's not running yeah. anymore. Couldn't score in the red zone three times. Talent-wise, but... he's probably not top 12. Wait, what-wise? Talent-wise. As far as being able as a to dynasty, As a dynasty asset, is he a top 12 quarterback? Sure, because people rank him there. For you, is he a top 12 dynasty no. quarterback? That's why I don't have him on a team. Russ could be, though. I mean, Denver's this thing where I need more of a sample size there than, than week one. New coach, new coordinator, new, new everything. Like John's We're talking about he's so sample startled. size. You just gave Dak Prescott away because of two and a half quarters. John, this is 28 years, not two and a half quarters, buddy. This, this, this is Dak, the dysfunction Dak wasn't in Dallas. when he was one. We, we need a new intro with dysfunction in Dallas because it is. I, I, I'm tilting, man. I'm tilting. Like... What I'm saying with, with sample size with Russ is I'm a little bit concerned that 
there was a decline last year. Seattle lets him go. They go beat him with Geno Smith. But he did show some flashes there, you know, with Judy and, and, and Sutton. And he's got weapons and a great running game around the man, him. And, the man was out. He had surgery last year. Russ, but before he had surgery in the beginning, he was showing like like what was going on. So I'm just saying what, because he was handing the ball cons- off 700 times a game. There's just I, a little bit of concerns there. He can't cook. I'm just, I'm in between you and Mitch on the on the Russ takes there. I'm I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of playing both sides. I'm just saying there's, I see what Mitch where's Mitch's concerns are. I see I where you see are, John, of having him higher than Dak and in a good situation. So I, I have I get him the it. same tier. But again, if I have to choose, give me Russ Watson Hurts. In the right situation, I believe you could get a Stafford plus or explore a two for two swap where Fields or Watson is involved. And then you get another piece that you like in that two for two swap. I mean, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills right now. (laughs) I I really do. And then uh, last one, if I'm not contending and a team is contending that just lost Dak, and they only have one other quarterback. I would love to either package up a veteran, maybe a Wentz who really overperformed in week one, or a Jameis Winston, for instance. A Jameis Winston, a Matt Ryan, a Ryan Tannehill, anybody clumped in that territory, package them up to get Dak, or let's not insult the manager. Let's keep friendly relations here. And I'm going to let you keep Dak, but I'm not necessarily contending. Maybe you will overpay for my Carson Wentz. Maybe, maybe. So those are my different scenarios. And we do have other things we want to talk about. So typically <laughs> we say, before we, we switch say- though, don't switch yet. Don't shift gears yet though. One more thing on two things, actually. One, I'm seeing some of the comments there and I, I've been seeing them in the discord a lot. You know, will Dal- Dallas get Garoppolo? Will Dallas get a different quarterback? Will they bring in someone? The answer is No. They are going Cooper Rush all the way. If they need to put Will Greer in, they may, because he's still competing by, behind there. But the concern is this isn't a quarterback issue. Like, this is a team issue. Like, it, give me a guy. Like, John Elway was going to struggle behind that line this week. Like, the, it's a mess. It well, really John is Elway, a mess. is he in his 60s? I think he would struggle. I, I needed a more modern. Who retired recently? I'll give you, you know, but – the. This is beyond a quarterback fixing in that offense right now. Um, the, the issues are deep. And the second thing is with Winston, Olave, Michael Thomas, <laughs> Jarvis Landry. He's got a good running game. He's got a good line. They've got a really good defense. They got potential there to have a really good season. Mm-hmm. And he's got a nice cupcake schedule coming up, which I'm looking forward to after, after Tampa Bay. But I'm really looking forward to that Tampa Bay game because I remember Bruce Arians saying he's not a leader. And uh, I think he's going to go out and have something to prove. So it's going to be interesting. So uh, Cooper Rush, if he is on your waivers, sure. You know me, I'm okay. Proceed with caution. But this is not somebody that you're going to feel comfortable, especially in a plus six, minus four league. You're going to feel comfortable playing. To Uh, that point, John, in Superflex leagues, you don't have to play a quarterback in the Superflex spot. If you need for one week, just put someone else in. At least you're not getting negative points. All right. I completely agree. Completely agree. CD lamb. I see him dropping like a ton of bricks. Yep. That's somebody that I'm targeting, especially if I'm not contending. And I have somebody like a Mike Evans. I think that's a good example of somebody that a win now team may be looking at. And I'm not saying one for one, by no means 
am I saying one for one, but I would be able to add potentially to get up there to CD lamb. Uh, we talked about Dalton Schultz, the running backs. I, I mean, I knocked CD lamb down uh, probably about half a tier. Like I, he got wedged in between and, and somebody got moved up. I'd have to look, but then Ezekiel Elliott, like that usage was baffling, baffling. Anyway, anyway, anything else on, on the Cowboys? Real, final no. thought here? No. Okay. Cam Akers. Mitch, are you okay selling low on Cam Akers? Well, the, is it so? Yes. How low do you have to go to actually trade Cam Akers? That's my biggest worry. Is are twenty twenty three second? Which one do you who do you prefer? Twenty three second. Akers. Carson Wentz and Cam Akers or Mac Jones? Wentz and Akers. Yeah, I'll actually go Wentz and Akers on that one. Cam Akers or Kareem Hunt? Kareem Hunt. Oh, really? You'll still stick with Akers, Dan? Yeah. Akers, to answer John's question, for me, it's a freeze now or buy low, not sell low. I want to see just a little bit more. But, but And we've talked about it. Oh, I don't want to sell low. And the the sunk cost fallacy comes into play. There's a very good chance that Cam Akers, in fact, does continue to plummet in value. And then I think he just lost. Yeah. I'm just gonna eat it. And you can you take know, versus like you know, it's an element. Not if you invested him and... when he was going as a top ten running back. It all depends when you invested yeah. in him. Yeah. I just don't want to get rid of him now for something that I'm like, meh, you know. I can live that with offensive or, line might without. not be able to run block. I mean, there's <laughs> there's a chance that just might be a thing to where they might not be able to run for most of the season. Cam Akers played 12 snaps, and you can sit there and say, well, he's coming back from injury. It seemed like they were really content going with Henderson, who had one of the highest route participations across the board this week for running backs. Uh, every which way you look at it, passing, running, anything involving usage, it was the Daryl Henderson show. And like looking at my tears, there are 91 guys without a doubt. I would take over cam Akers if I were in a startup today. And then there's 21 other guys that I have him tiered with. We're down to the 10th round now. And that's best case scenario. And I know a lot of people, they would not be willing to cash out at 10th round startup value. But if I could do, and we talk about Kareem hunt, Give me Kareem Hunt and a second for Akers and a third, and I'll call it a day. Would you take James Robinson for Cam Akers right now? Oh, man. <laughs> Give me right. to think about. So that's my problem with the whole Akers thing is, yes, he's coming back from injury. He's but, had a lot more time than James Robinson has, and James Robinson looks great. So for me, it's not just the Achilles things anymore. It's also how the Rams looked as an offense, and – they couldn't, they couldn't run block last year. They can't run block this year. And their offensive line is worse. Maybe that running game just isn't going to happen to the point to where you need it for fantasy. Yes, they could have good games. But as far as having a weekly starter out of that offense, I don't know if you could have that out of Cam Makers. In that situation, it very well might play out. like something. I mean, and it's funny because they played each other on Thursday night. But that Buffalo backfield, like Devin Singletary looked awesome. But are you <laughs> are you really going to be comfortable putting him in your starting lineup? That's the thing. And I believe that at least through the rest of this year, we would see that with Cam Akers, but we might not even see that. And that's going from Devin Singletary, who looked really good in week one, but 
there are going to be concerns. Uh, this is going to be an eight hour episode. No, we're going to, we're going to wrap it up here uh, in a timely manner. So I can't make, cause I know some time has passed, but we haven't had an episode since Thursday. Any other like thoughts? I mean, you, all we can really go off of is that week one usage and we could chalk it up to the injury. And I know there was a soft tissue thing that popped up for both Daryl Henderson and Cam Akers, but who's to say for Cam Akers, it doesn't linger. If he's not involved in the passing game, which we talked about that being a concern throughout the off season, it limits his upside. And we all know that I'm not telling people something they don't know, but either you, you got to take a stand on Cam Akers and it, I, I'm willing to get out at a discount from what people see. I was willing to get out. I shared some trades I did at the beginning of May. And at the time, people strongly disliked them. And I was getting rid of Cam Akers. One was for the 109 and a third. One was for Keenan Allen and a small piece. Like it was things that, but there, there was that concern there. And I wasn't willing to stay on that ride. Uh, so Dan, you're a little more willing to just bite the bullet and just let I, it ride. I, right. I like your, like your stance where, you know, Hey, you, you took a stance and you got some good value back then. And then now I think when you gave some trade examples, you know, like I said, cream hunt in a second for acres and a, and a third, like that little bit extra to make a deal work. Like, I don't, I don't want just cream hunt, but if I'm gonna get cream hunt and a second, if I'm going to get a couple pieces on the, on the roster, I might be a little bit more intrigued of doing something, but I, I just don't want to get stuck with a guy I don't want. And then acres all of a sudden does good. And I'm, I'm regretting it. I, I do still like cam acres. Um, I'm going to play that out a little bit more unless the deal makes, makes a lot of sense to help my team. Then certainly. And I'm not saying by, by any means, just giving him away, Mitch acres or miles Sanders. It's so bad. It's Miles Sanders, though. I actually it's a better offense. I was readjusting some of my tiers today. Um nothing, I, I don't think nothing overly drastic, but uh, Elijah Mitchell out two months. He came down a little bit. Once you get past the top 2021, 20, you go from 22 to 41. I really don't know if I would argue too much one way or the other, honestly, yeah. like you're going to see some spike games, but overall, if pivoting off of one of these guys to another, it, the difference might be in the shorter term production, but overall in terms of long-term value, I don't think you're really missing anything. And that's why I would like to make a move that gets me a, a bump up in draft picks or something involving a, a two for two swap where I move up in a, a position where I think I get an upgrade. So it, it, it is acres or Zeke. I mean, same thing. Like, like Kevin, the chat is saying, come on. I don't know what side he's come on and about there. Like acres. Like, I think he's got, he's got to be on the, too much. Come on. Take Zeke. I think is where, I think is where he was going oh, there. Yeah. yeah no, uh, much, much better. But what I'm wondering too, like we're in that evaluation stage here. You know, there were some early offseason reports I'm reading about how hard Acres is working, and then McVeigh's comments made me feel like, okay, something's not going right there behind closed doors. What is it? I'm hoping it's just a one week message and coming off a little slow recovery. But we'll we'll find out. We'll find out real soon. Yeah, it's going to be interesting in going through as we do on the pivot point, looking at KTC DTC 
ADP, which will have to be adjusted now because we are in the middle of the season. But Cam Akers, he was a, a mid running back too. And there's going to be a very quick adjustment on him. And I put two polls out and I think they were both like 70, 30 Damian Pierce or Cam Akers. That was funny. <laughs> and it had like 500 votes. And then I had Antonio Gibson or Cam Akers. That one might've been closer to 80, 20. And that is how quickly values change. Not necessarily saying they should or shouldn't, but from a market value perspective, it, the drop of a hat, it like clockwork every single year, every single month, every single week, every single play at times. Like, and, and that, that it really is crazy. Even though we're playing a game that is so focused on the long term, but Cam Akers, I, I did drop him down a tier, but if you wanted to talk about Miles Sanders over him, I, I don't think I could argue. Antonio Gibson, James Conner, CEH at this point, who nobody wanted. I, I don't know if you could argue. I wanted him, JB. I wanted him. <laughs> I drafted him a lot, and I'm loving it right now. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I, again, I, I don't want to get too caught up here on cam makers just because it, it it's not exactly fresh but wanted to at least bring it up elijah mitchell this is going to be quick he was already a super fragile asset now he's out two months yep not necessarily saying and you know jeff wilson somebody that was on waivers was free okay but to think that his upside or anybody else's upside who gets a chance isn't going to be capped because of Debo Samuel. That's silly to think that. So yeah, you might get some, some games here and there, but you're still not feeling comfortable rostering Jeff Wilson. Somebody in the chat. Did I say Jeff Wilson or Russ Wilson? Jeff. Okay. Jeff. Good. Cause I do feel comfortable starting Russ Wilson, obviously, but I'm can sorry. I do Jeff Wilson in a third for a second? And then I'm out. Like, yeah, yeah. I bet you could most leagues to be honest with you. And then maybe that's something to try. Uh, because the initial question was Jeff Wilson or a third. And that that's, that's fine. If, if you move him for a third, mm-hmm. you're that's not going to kick yourself over it yep. because again, maybe you get one or two games where he hits 12, 13, 14 points, but really how much more effective is he going to be? Okay. The only, now, the only because... thing I want to add to that Niners backfield situation a little bit is I am interested to see how TD price, if he gets, you know, a larger sample size, he's a, one of the rookies I liked on film and, kind of high on him and now opportunities opening up a little bit more i'm not a big uh jeff wilson guy i know he's had some flash games i'll, I'll keep an eye on him jordan mason i think is number two in the depth chart but that might have been more for special teams yep. so I, I could see td price leaping him i think he had six carries this week price you know so so he, he was part of the their their equation so i, I do want to keep an eye on him but not excited about anything because debo is really a big factor in that run game still all right so to wrap up the show and I said pick one scenario. You guys know I didn't. Oh, God. Oh, me neither. But Mitch, I'm going to start with you because this has been the Cowboys show. So Dan's been Dan's been talking all the whole episode. I haven't gotten a word in it all. But what do you, Mitch, what is your biggest takeaway from week one? Outside of Dallas's offense, outside of Cam Akers, outside of Elijah Mitchell, and how can dynasty managers take advantage of the next few days, hours, weeks, whatever the case may be? I just want to go with uh, 
buy now and sell now kind of approach to two different players. Yep. Um, one is Christian Kirk. John and I talked about him on Pivot Point. Christian Kirk had 12 targets, six catches, over 100 yards. And I mean, the guy's just going to eat out of the slot. Like Trevor Lawrence is going to feed him over and over and over again. He's going to be like the Amon Ross St. Brown of this year to where it's super be nice cheap. Game script too. Yeah. I mean, it's, he's always going to be a good game script. So like, I absolutely love him. I don't think the managers that have him now are going to have him ranked as high as what he's going to be. So I think now is a great time to get him. And the person on, that I'm on, on contenders, I'm still, I actually threw out a few offers of, and again, we say contenders. These are teams that, I am expecting, I'm hoping to compete. When it's all said and done, we all know it doesn't work out that way all the time. So I don't want people to think, oh, you know, they're sitting here saying I have a contender. As it stands today on paper, I'm hoping it goes that way. I'm offering a 23 second, my 23 second for Christian Kirk in start three leagues. Start three. Okay, and then who are we looking to move off of? I was going to say Alvin Kamara. And this was before the little injury news that came out that said he might be hurt a little bit. But he had 12 touches, and it's not just that he had 12 touches. It's they're willing to use Taysom Hill as a quasi-running back again, right? So you have him. They have, who do they just bring into the practice squad? Latavius Murray, right? He's back. Yeah, I mean, it's, I just don't know if he's going to get the 20 touches that we need for him to perform at what his value is. Maybe he's a 15 to 18 guy, but if five to eight of those aren't catches anymore, then he's not a back that I really want on my team for what his value is at this point. So those are two guys that I'm just willing to move immediately or acquire with Kirk. It's a, to Mitch's point on Kamara there. I'm just starting film study, but in the spirit of the Winston moves today, I was watching a lot of extra saints and they are deploying one game sample size. I mean, this is their game plan for Atlanta. So we're going to watch week two and say, Hey, how are they doing this? You know, next week, but it looks like they have a three headed monster at running back between Kamara Ingram and Taysom Hill. I think Latavius Murray's just insurance in case somebody gets dinged. Um, But they are clearly using and i think it's a good answer for Taysom hill too is we have him on a lot of our rosters and how are the saints using them i think they're using him as a running back this year mm-hmm. like legitimately and they're doing it in creative formations and I, I saw some uh Taysom hill and ingram on the field at the same time uh so when you have Taysom hill as a tight end and you're hurting at that position he's not a bad start if you're desperate. and you're getting the the tight end points in two ppr if he gets any receptions yeah right so he's out there yeah, I- Part of their game plan. Now, I, I I can appreciate the Alvin Kamara thought, and then who who knows if we're walking into a suspension next year, right? So I, I actually I did pick him up in a few spots on teams that I was looking to make a push, but I can understand and agree to the extent that I you might not be looking to go out and acquire more shares, and if there's a contender willing to pay face value and maybe your team isn't there, you had him previously, and your team's kind of aging out, maybe that's an opportunity to explore. All right, Dan, what do you got? Takeaways for this week. I'm just going to go rapid fire here. You had uh, five uh, screens of football games this Sunday, so I soaked in as much football as I can and just taking notes. Um, Danny Dimes, Trey Lance, they're on my roster watch right now. Just, you know, a little bit of concerns. While Jameis Winston went up, running back, Saquon Barkley's definitely back. 
I think the Michael Carter, uh, Brees Hall duo is up there with Chubb Hunt and Javante and Gordon. I really like those two guys, even though their teams might, you know, the Jets aren't all the way there yet, but both running backs look really good. Saints have three running backs, as we mentioned, and James Cook, not yet. Kadarius Tony, I'm still wondering. I, I, I need something. I, I need something to go on. So I, I'm going to try to keep doing some digging there, but he's on my roster watch as well. And the Green Bay Packer receivers are not there yet. Bingo's O-line and coaching is very alarming. I don't think Zach Taylor learned anything from the Super Bowl, man. Like, Joe Mixon's their best guy, and they're still putting P. Ryan in there and, and yeah, setting Burrow up for five interceptions. That was a little frustrating. Kansas City offense I'm really liking this year again, and then the Chargers still finding ways to blow leads late. Um, you know, some things just never change. So we'll see, man. But there were just some of the things that just caught my eye uh, from this weekend. Now, I have about 15 different things here, and almost all of them – are because of the information and the usage information, the red zone opportunities. And I put together a spreadsheet for our patrons and collect data from different sources. But based on week one here, I have 318 players entered with their usage from week one and, uh, you know, route participation, targets, target share, uh, yards per route run, air yards, uh, all that good stuff. So when I'm going through this list, I'm not going to dive into exa the exact numbers here, but there's a reason that I'm calling it out, and it's based off of that. So if you want to shoot me a DM, if you want to hit me up in the Discord, JB, why why are you saying this about this certain player? I'm more than happy to dive into it, but because we talked about Dak Prescott for three hours here, uh, I'm going to rattle through these pretty quickly. Traylon Burks, I was very intrigued with his usage usage and his opportunities. Uh, you know, I, he wasn't exactly getting the route participation, but the targets per route run were extremely impressive for somebody that has been getting negative press throughout the entire offseason. Michael Thomas being labeled, and I saw this multiple times, being labeled as a sell by the Twitter universe. And I, I, I disagree. It's there are certain players that I look at and I'm going to get to, they may have popped from fantasy production wise, but their usage wasn't what you want to see. MT ran a route on over 80% of the dropbacks. It's not like they used him on two goal line opportunities and that was his day. So Michael Thomas, I'm, you know, if, if you're depending on the team situation, if you're looking to move off them, fine at face value, but just to move him to, to move him, I can't get behind that. Those Saints what receivers we, look good. I, I agree. Landry had a heck of a game. Landry had a heck of a game. And I know that's a Jameis Winston take there, but, uh, and Chris Olave didn't look half bad either. From what we saw in Arizona, does Greg Dortch give us a glimpse into Rondell Moore's potential volume? Yes. Just a thought. 100%. Just a thought. He looked yeah. like him out there. Yeah. Remember throughout the off season, especially towards the tail end, I was hating on George Pickens at his cost. Mm-hmm. I might be swinging back around. He ran a route on over 90% of the dropbacks, okay? Now, listen, if his if his value has not shifted, then I, no, I, I, I don't want in. But if we see a manager get frustrated here in a week or two, then I might start to, to explore. Again, I want to acquire that deflated price. Veterans that I would look to acquire here that underperformed, Allen Robinson, Adam Thielen, Mike Williams from teams that 
might not be looking to contend and you get a discount based on panic and also Aaron Jones. So all four of those guys, their production wasn't there in week one, Aaron Jones a little bit better, but Aaron Jones had one of the highest route participations of any running back. Uh, you have to believe that the running backs get more utilized there, but Allen Robinson, Adam Thiel and Mike Williams, they were on the field throughout the entire game and they are not the players that, are going to continue with that lack of target share per route run. So I would look to explore opportunities there. Again, we want to see that downswing in value to acquire and the cost to acquire. Uh, don't read too much in the Chicago San Francisco game. Mooney, Komet, Ayuk, especially with the receiver uh, from the receiving perspective. Garrett Wilson, New York Jets, saw three targets inside the 10. Only ran around on 56% of the dropbacks. He commanded the same targets per route run as Jamar Chase at 23%. I am throwing a few feelers out for Garrett Wilson because, again, underwhelming under 10 PPR points. That's what people see. That is what uh, most I, fantasy managers will note, see. though. I think Corey Davis was on the field more than him. And Everybody was. Barrios, he only ran around Barrios on 56% of the dropbacks. Yeah, it's like, what is that? But he three targets inside the 10. That was tied for second most in the NFL. He showed his athleticism. In week one. Of course he did. Let's get Corey Davis off the field. <sighs> Clyde Edwards-Lair had a great fantasy game, right? Only had an 8% target share, ran around on 32% of the dropbacks, but he had two touchdowns that propped him up a little bit. I, I, I'm not saying move Clyde Edwards-Lair down, but that might be one that, what? He wasn't on the field for the whole second half because they're winning by 30 points. That's why he wasn't on the field. So, of course, his route participation and rushing share is going to be down if you're sitting on the bench because you scored all the points already. Yeah, there may be an asterisk on that one there, JB. It, yeah, let's throw one there. I can appreciate that. Hey, can, thanks. I was expecting to get yelled yeah, at there. That's hey, fine. I feel good. That's fine. Um, so that's where the analytics and but, the, the, the but, film but, combine. But, 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 but. I would monitor the situation because, again, if we're being bolstered by touchdowns on those spike weeks, just monitor the situation. Okay, that's all I'm saying. But very good point. I will tuck my tail and run on that one. Dalvin, Swift, Zeke, McCaffrey, all extremely underwhelming on their targets per route run, okay? Lower than they're used to. So all four of those guys, I do believe they see an uptick. And especially with McCaffrey, who's expected, people are expecting those 20, 25, 30 point games. That's going to be critical. Swift was still, Swift was still a monster, but I saw the question, should we be concerned about his usage in the passing game? I would be surprised if it doesn't gravitate more towards what we've seen in the past. You said Swift, McCaffrey, Zeke, who else did you say? Dalvin, Swift, Zeke, and McCaffrey. Yeah. Three of those guys somewhat underwhelming Pat Carolina, oh. Carolina started really slow their first half they just want to like delete it there you know so some of these teams again could they improve on their mistakes and then to your point JB if they do make some adjustments there should be an uptick right but again that one was based on their their routes their targets per route run so not based on uh you know just total team shares pat fryermuth route participation that was impressive he was up over 75 percent, and the way they used him in the preseason they used him in line to block a lot more but it looks like maybe zach gentry can open that up for pat fryermuth so that is one 
that the week one usage was quite different than what I had expected. Higby, Hurst, Ingram, all with over 77% route run. Tunyon looked pretty healthy, saw nice targets per route run of 22%. Uh, Have to believe that his routes run goes up above 42% moving forward. Sell OJ Howard. Sell him. Six routes, six routes, six routes. Two targets, two touchdowns. Yeah, that's going to be sustainable. I know that people were upset and disappointed with David Njoku, Dawson Knox, Dallas Goddard to an extent, Mike Kosicki, Cole Komet. The only one that I would be panicking on is Mike Kosicki. He only ran around on 43% of the, the dropbacks. Oh, yeah. He's dropping one, one target. Yeah. Well, in redraft, I no, he's dropping. In dynasty, he's droppable. I'm sorry. I, would, I wouldn't drop the man. Uh, and then also to get back in Mitch's good graces, it's 2022. Jamal Williams is still a viable flex. Yes, play. he is still a flex play. Oh man. Okay. Got, got through that. You know, listen, it, it's been a hectic start to the week. I, I'm actually ashamed to include the CEH thought there, but that's why we're all here. We keep each other in line. JB, what the frick are you doing here, man? And sometimes, sometimes even I make a mistake. And it's rare. It's rare. Oh, my God. Final thoughts. Dan, heading into week two, week one in the rearview mirror, things are only going to get better for us, right? What are your final thoughts for the listeners? It will continue to get better. And my final thought for the listeners is keep tuning in between our Discord, between Twitter, between the the pivot point when it comes up later in the week. We're only at Tuesday. Like we just wrapped up the last Monday night game. As John continues to crunch his analytics and I watch films and then Mitch adds common sense that we're missing. Like the three of us, there's a lot more to unravel. So the films and the analytics and the stats will all merge. And as you prepare for your rosters, two Monday night football games coming up this week. So be aware of that. Two Monday night football games. Mitch, what do you got? Just going to say, I've seen people already wanting to blow up their teams after one week. Just like... Yeah, maybe give it three weeks before you just want to trade away everything for like 24 fourth round picks. Like you could really take a couple weeks to do this. You don't have to blow up your team in a matter of like two days because Higgins went out with a concussion or something like that. Like just just calm down. We're going to be through this. We're going to get through the season. We're going to be okay. The uh, situations and scenarios. So I'm going through my rosters today. The, the ones where I'm in the chat, I'm updating my trade bait. I'm saying so-and-so's on the block for this. They are players that my team, I, I've labeled it. I have all my teams labeled. And I've had them labeled as a team that I'm looking to rebuild. And maybe it's a team that I still have a David Montgomery on the roster. I couldn't move him during the offseason. Hey, any running back, any teams, David Montgomery is on the block. And that, that name I'm just throwing out there, for example, uh, but then I'm also looking to actively acquire these guys where the perception might be negative, but based on my team build, I'm, I'm going out and sending offers for CD lamb, I'm not getting any bites, but I've seen a lot of conversations in our discord and ideas getting thrown off the wall that is inspiring people to go out and make a deal and they get it done. And that's kind of one thing that is just fantastic about the discord community. So check it out. Mitch, did you just on us? Okay. All right. Well, anyway, hopefully everybody enjoyed the show. This is going to be the format each and every week throughout the season. For Mitch Sorensen, Dan LaMagna, I'm John Bauer. We'll catch you next week. Have a good one, everybody.